Hey everyone, it's me, Ian Shapiro, your host for Politics Explained. Trump really only had one or two tweets this morning, so I think uh, we'll be able to get through Trump Tweets Explained pretty quickly and get on to yesterday's Missouri presidential speech on tax reform. So, this morning, Donald Trump tweets, well, actually, Donald Trump retweets a Fox News tweet saying, at Kellyanne polls on Harvey recovery. We hope when it comes to basic Hurricane Harvey funding that we can rely upon a nonpartisan push. That is Speaker for the President Kellyanne Conway talking about, well, some internal issues going on with Congress. As you know, Hurricane Harvey erupted over the last weekend and has been hurting areas in Texas and Louisiana, with flooding being worse than expected. However, Congress is the one that needs to pass funding for actually the recovery, rescue, and rebuilding efforts. Now, you might say, yeah, this seems pretty nonpartisan, and these people need our help, let's push the money through. However, there might be some tensions in getting a bill passed since Senator for Texas Ted Cruz in the past has voted against helping other areas like New Jersey and parts of the northeastern United States when Hurricane Sandy blasted through in 2012. Most individuals from these northeastern states have said, yeah, we're not going to do the same thing to Texas that Texas tried to do to us. So despite Ted Cruz, we think that the people of Texas deserve to have federal aid. So that was really the only Trump tweet for today, and we're going to move on to the tax reform speech, which didn't have as many uh, particulars as you may expect, or maybe you wouldn't expect any, um, because Donald Trump usually isn't someone to get too far into the weeds of policy, and he leaves it up to Congress. Uh, But in just a moment, we will talk about what he talked about in that Missouri speech in just a moment. I'm Ian Shapiro. You're listening to Politics Explained. This week in Missouri, Donald Trump put forth his vision for tax reform. Now, this particular speech is important for a number of reasons. First, it is kind of the kickoff play for the Republican tax reform effort that's going to go on this fall. Also, it's important because Trump has expressed optimism in Congress's ability to actually pass some meaningful tax reform legislation. Uh, you know, you know, why would a president uh, of you know the GOP with a GOP-controlled Congress even express optimism? Um, it should just be, hey, we're going to get this done. Well, Trump was pretty angry at the GOP, and particularly at the Senate, and particularly, particularly at Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell after the failure to repeal and replace Obamacare. And a lot of that, well, you know, there was blame on all sides. Trump really wasn't invested in that uh, whole process to the extent that he was invested. He wasn't as much talking to people as it looked like he was trying to twist arms and make vague threats over Twitter. Uh, Senate Republicans weren't necessarily all together because they were terrified that the House was going to try to pass something uh, that they didn't actually want uh, if they would move forward with the process. But anyway, that's health care. We're here to talk about health. <laughs> sorry, not health care, not health care. We're here to talk about tax reform. So what did Trump say in his speech that may uh, you know, give us some grounding for what's coming next? 
Trump called this tax reform movement a once-in-a-generation opportunity to deliver real tax reform to everyday, hard-working Americans. He called the tax code as of now burdensome, incomprehensible, and puts American businesses at a severe disadvantage on the world stage. Mitch McConnell, who, as I just pointed out, has been having some toughs with uh, tiffs, toughs, uh, with Trump, uh, you know, recently, wrote an editorial uh, on the morning before Donald Trump gave his speech, saying that he would continue to work with his colleagues in Congress and the administration to help middle-class families and put the economy on the right track. Now, what you've probably noticed so far is that I have not really given many specifics about what this tax reform may look like. And that's because while we have some evidence that Trump has been meeting with uh, congressional leaders, with the GOP, uh, that not a whole lot of legislative language has been coming forth. Uh, we do know that uh, Republicans in Congress want to lower corporate tax rates. Um, ostensibly, you know, some of them can go as high as 35%, although with uh, different tax loopholes uh, and deductibles, that number is more around 18%. If you want to like really look at what they're paying. Donald Trump has also said that one of the points of lowering caps, er, corporate tax rates is so that American middle uh, class families, they can see wages rise. Uh, some economists do dispute this, uh, but you know, We'll see what happens. We'll see what the OMB talks about. We'll see what business leaders say uh, as legislative language begins to come out into the open. It looks as though the main, well, contribution of Trump's Missouri tax reform speech was to make the nation aware that a tax reform discussion and conversation is going to be going on in the coming months between our elected officials on both sides of the aisle. However, the most immediate hurdle legislatively is making sure that the government, uh, you know, doesn't default on its debts. Looks like they're going to be uh, raising the tax ceiling to ensure that a government shutdown does not occur. So we need, we're going to see that by the end of September while other individuals are working on tax reform. And we should begin to see legislative language for tax reform following that, well, aversion of a government shutdown. Uh, yeah, and we'll get to more politics in just a moment. Hey everyone, it's me. I'm back. Uh, so in that last segment, we talked about how one of the biggest things that was accomplished during Trump's Missouri tax reform speech was this idea that he's going to work with Congress, right? Administration, legislative branch, uh, working together. So here is Trump with using his own words during that speech, uh, kind of making that point very clear. Take a listen. Once in a generation opportunity to deliver real tax reform for everyday hardworking Americans. And I am fully committed to working with Congress to get this job done. And I don't want to be disappointed by Congress. Do you understand me? Do you understand? And your senator, Claire McCaskill, she must do this for you. And if she doesn't do it for you, you have to vote her out of office. 
So Trump is clearly calling for himself, his office, and Congress to work together. Of course, it wouldn't be a Trump statement if he also didn't attack the senator of the state, Missouri, Claire McCaskill, in which he was speaking. So we will see how her vote goes and what her voice looks like and how prominent it is during these tax reform, well, talks. Uh, for more on the future of American tax reform, I'm Ian Shapiro, and you're listening to Politics Explained. Hey, what's up, man? It's Kurt. Life with Kurt. I just had two quick observations. You know, number one, isn't it insane when a natural disaster hits... Everyone's criticizing the president for something. It doesn't matter which president. It doesn't matter what period of time. But there's something about the way they responded, the words they used, the words they didn't use. If he used too many words, then the speech went too long. But if he doesn't say enough, then, you know, it wasn't long enough. It's just the criticism will never, ever end. It's, it, it's silly. The second thing is presidents do not belong at natural disaster sites. They are a drain of resources because you have to do a complete security sweep. You have to have a secret service detail, not to mention the taxpayer money to fly it all down there, and all for a photo op. And I don't care what president it is or what time you're looking at. It's just insane to see the criticism and watch them waste those resources. So that was Kurt with Life with Kurt, uh, giving actually a pretty nice, insightful take on this whole, you know, do presidents or is it the duty of the president of the United States to visit a disaster area? Uh, on the one hand, of course, it sends a symbolic signal, right? You have these photo ops uh, to show the nation that the federal government is helping this state or states that have been you know, ravaged by a natural disaster. On the other hand, Kurt is also right that this takes up resources that could in fact be used for, um, you know, helping people uh, who were harmed by the disaster. So it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. Yes, people will blame presidents for not saying or doing all the right things. Uh, the most important thing is that, you know, all levels of government, federal, state, local, uh, come together and provide, you know, money, resources, assistance for individuals who have been caught in a natural disaster. Because that's exactly what it is. It's a disaster. And it's kind of our moral obligation as people to do everything that we can. Um, and so I, I guess my response is that at some point, um, it's probably a political statement to go to a disaster area. Um, but, you know, at some point, we've decided as a nation that this is something that presidents ought to do. And it would probably cause more distraction from helping the people in the disaster areas if you had a president that didn't, you know, attend them when things got really bad. Uh, so those are my two cents. Uh, everyone who's listened to the show today, thank you so much. We'll have another episode up tomorrow. But for now, you have listened to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro.